Well, thank you again for being here. Um, this service is really good for me in the midst of um, a busy week and kind of a often chaotic and hectic life, uh, just to have a very, very quiet and sort of reflective space to come into. Uh, so it's really good for me. I'm very glad to be here, and I hope it's, I hope it's good for you too. Um, let me pray for us, and we'll spend just a, just a bit reflecting on, on what we've been listening to. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this day. It's a gift to set it aside and to come and to be quiet and to be somber and to remember and to reflect deeply on our shared humanity, that we are needy and frail and finite people. Lord, in the midst of these few minutes together, I pray that you would stir something in us. Holy Spirit, that we would meet with you during this lunch hour. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. As I reflect back, as I zoom out and take sort of a, a macro look at my years of following, following Jesus, one thing I notice, and you can probably relate to this, is that there are lots of spikes, like spikes up and spikes down. And that, I, that's not just part of following Jesus, that's part of being human, that there are seasons of, of joy and gladness, sort of mountaintop experiences. And then there are also seasons when we find ourselves in the valley, seasons of sorrow and difficulty and suffering. And as I reflect back on these sort of spikes in my following Jesus, I notice sort of a common theme, especially in, in the sort of positive spikes during the seasons when I really find my affection stirred towards Jesus, when I'm, when I'm really growing to be more and more Christ-like, I, I find a common theme. So a, a few of these different spikes I've been thinking about. Um, one was when I was in college, um, my freshman year, my very first semester of college, um, I found myself just like voraciously consuming and reading scripture and just wanting to know Jesus more and more. I didn't know it at the time, but I was, I was cultivating this sense of spirituality by engaging my mind and wanting to know God more. Um, during summers in college and even after college, I worked um, for a ministry here in Memphis that a lot of y'all are familiar with called SOS. And I found similarly during those summers like my heart stirred myself growing to be more and more like Jesus. And I didn't, I didn't know it. I didn't have these words for it at the time, but I was practicing showing mercy during those summers in Memphis. And then even um, in recent history, these last couple of years, uh, because of a season in sort of the valley, a lot of despair and sadness and suffering, um, I actually found from that a kind of spike in learning what it means to care for myself and to know me and to listen and, and be aware of, of my heart. Um, and so as I reflect on those different sorts of spikes, here's the theme that stands out to me, that I was doing things, I was practicing things intentionally, and those actions were having a profound shaping effect on my life the really important thing we can realize as we take a step back and look at those sort of spikes in our experience is that what you do shapes who you are. What you do shapes who you are. 
And here's why I think that is. I think it's because you're a human being and as a human being, you're an affective creature, meaning you have a heart that is always going after things and latching onto things. And in that process, you become more and more like the things that your heart is chasing after. Um, Jamie Smith says in a book that you are what you love. You become what you love, what your heart is chasing after. You're never just this sort of static person. You're always dynamic. You're always being shaped. You're always being formed in some way or malformed depending on what your heart is going after. So here's this super important thing in response to that for all of us. The really important thing for you to do is is to reflect and to meditate and to sort of take inventory to discern where it is that your heart is leading you. Like what is your heart chasing after? What is your heart latched on to you? And are you being formed in flourishing ways and ways that leading you to be more and more like Jesus? Are you being malformed less and less of the person that God has for you to be? So as you discern that, you can actually re-aim your heart. You can re-aim your affection. And the way that you do that is through habits, through practices, through being intentional about the things that you're doing to direct your heart towards a certain end. The psalmist, get, uh, the writer of Proverbs gets this um, really clearly when he wrote in Proverbs chapter four, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Now, um, whether you realize it or not, it's true. Um, Christians can get a little bit antsy and nervous as you talk about this. Uh, because it seems to be at odds with um, the truth, the reality that, that we're justified by faith alone uh, through grace alone. And I don't think these things are at odds, but I do want to show you that like scripture is just filled with this idea that we're to be people who put things into practice and what we're practicing shapes our heart. Um, let me just show you a few things. First, uh, in the gospel reading that Diane read for us, the very first few words that Jesus says, he says, as you practice. And then he lists all these different things. He uses all these different examples. He says, when you give to the needy, he says, when you pray, he says, when you fast. And the language Jesus is using is important because Jesus is assuming that people who are following him or in his day, people who are worshiping Yahweh would be people who would be doing these things, giving to the needy, praying, fasting. Jesus makes this assumption. He's not giving commands here. He's not saying, you pray, you fast, you give to the needy. He's he's assuming that these are things that we're already practicing and doing in our lives. Now, of course, Jesus was a first century Jewish man who was shaped by uh, his Hebrew scriptures, our Old Testament. And this is all over the place, even in the Old Testament passage that Suzanne read. There's all this sort of like, like practice language, declare a holy fast. So there's a community fasting together, call a sacred assembly. There's a community gathering together for this sort of sacred assembly. Throughout this whole passage in Joel 2, there are practices of repentance and penance that stir the heart towards, towards God and our need for a savior. 
Richard Rohr says this, this, this is really profound and good and true. He says, you do not think yourself into a new way of living as much as you live your way into a new way of thinking. Let me say that again. You do not think yourself into a new way of living as much as you live your way into a new way of thinking. So today is Ash Wednesday, which marks the beginning of this season of Lent. And throughout, throughout the season of Lent, and today, you're invited to participate, to participate. Jesus doesn't invite you merely to believe in the living waters that overflow. Jesus invites you to, to drink, to drink deeply. You're invited to participate. God doesn't invite you merely to believe in the river of life. He invites you to jump in and swim. So you're invited to jump in and swim. You're invited to drink deeply. You're invited to participate. And even today is like this worship service is, is deeply participatory, which may be sort of unfamiliar and, and even a little bit uncomfortable for some of you. And that's a good thing. It's good for us to participate and to practice things together. In a minute, you're gonna participate in this, like if you think about it, super strange, <laughs> a super strange ancient ritual of having ashes marked on your forehead. You're living your way through this practice into a new way of, of thinking, living your way into a new way of thinking, living your way into a new way of being, perhaps. And Lent, this whole season in our church calendar, is an invitation to participate. Oftentimes we think about what can we give up during Lent? You know, like I'm gonna give up watching Netflix or I'm gonna give up sweets or alcohol or social media or whatever it might be. And that's really great. Like it's, it's really healthy and helpful for you to reflect, like to look at your life and to observe like, hey, here are the things that aren't forming me in healthy and positive ways. Here are the things that aren't pointing my heart towards Jesus maybe for a season, maybe for forever, I need to, to get rid of these things from my life. Like for me, for example, just a few weeks ago, I realized like all this kind of cynicism starting to flare up in my heart. And I realized that one of the reasons that was happening was just because of a really unhealthy amount of time scrolling through social media. And so I made the decision, like it'll be good for me for a season to just, to just get rid of this. I don't need social media. I can give this up for a time. But this Lent, you're invited to participate. So what if this Lent, you consider not only what you might give up, but what things you might take on? What sort of intentional practices you might take on in your life that'll point your heart towards Jesus, towards the man or woman that he wants you to be? More loving towards him, more loving towards yourself, more loving towards other people. So, uh, at Christ City, we're going to make this we're going to make this as easy as possible for you. Um, you've heard us talk about, and if you haven't yet, you're going to hear us talk a lot about over the next few weeks. These things we call our eight practices. Um, we think that all of this is really important. Like the sort of person you're being shaped into, the way you're being formed, is really important. So we we assessed and we reflected and we thought and we we landed on these eight practices that are really important to who we are as Christ City Church and what God in particular is calling us to do here in Memphis. So we're launching, starting on Sundays, this, this new sermon series where we're gonna be 
unpacking these eight practices. And every week, we're going to give you a practical guide for how you can begin to practice this thing more in your life. So this Lent, you're invited to participate and to practice things like choosing presence, seeking health, cultivating spirituality, embracing diversity, engaging culture, and creating beauty. You're invited to practice showing mercy and pursuing justice. So I hope you'll join in. I hope you'll jump in and swim and drink deeply. And my prayer for you, uh, my passion for you, my heart for you is that as you practice these things, your heart will be prepared more and more um, to take in the bigness, the grandness of, of Good Friday, the crucifixion of our Lord. And we'll gather again in this room and somberly reflect on that. And then to celebrate that Christ is risen on Easter Sunday. So may you be formed. May your heart be filled with deep affection, deep love for Jesus throughout this season. Please stand and we'll continue in our service. We'll continue in our service um, with the imposition of ashes. So now let us call to mind our sin and also the infinite mercy of God. Almighty God, you have created us from the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be for us a symbol of our mortality and a sign of our penitence that we may remember that it is by your grace alone that we receive the gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.